Well, howdy! This podcast is a proud member of the PodCon Go Network. PodCon Go, family-friendly shows that are fun for everyone. Welcome to Elderberry Tales. Bring a nice, big, juicy bone. It's time for a story. Today's story is part two of My Dogs, The Three Detectives. Make that four by William Stair. If you haven't listened to part one of this story yet, go back and listen to that first, and then meet me back here. At the end of last week's story, Overton, Trooper, and Theo were headed out the door to start their adventure. Outside, the squalls and clouds had blown over, and the afternoon sun was drying up the rain. Clouds of vapor rose from the street. Once out of the house, each heard the irresistible call of nature and deposited his pile at the edge of the front yard. Just finishing, Trooper looked up to see a large, lanky dog trotting toward them. Quick, hide, he whispered. Don't be ridiculous. It's our friend Max arriving just in time. Over here, Max, bellowed Overton. Trooper's hackles were raised, and the arrogant poodle made his way to where the other three stood. Before saying a thing, Max sniffed each of the fragrant deposits and then added his own. Bonjour, mes amis, he finally said. Max, proud of his ancestry, liked to use French phrases in his speech. How's it going, guys, he added. Sorry I'm late, but my master, a human friend, thought I needed a trim before going out. He paraded around in a small circle so his friends could admire his freshly cut curls. Oh, I love what they did with the palm at the end of your tail, said Theo. Trooper looked at Theo and made a barely audible growl. Overton quickly explained the situation up in Baskerville and their plan to go there and investigate. Magnifique, exclaimed Max. He turned to Trooper and said with a smirk, that means great. And so, as the sun slid slowly toward the horizon, the four friends headed off toward Baskerville and a true adventure. A while later, Overton's staff returned from the hospital, having stopped for a 50-pound bag of dog chow and noticed the deposits at the side of the lawn. Oh, not again, moaned Ambrose. Yes, the sign of the four, sighed Anna. I'll get the shovel in a bag. Make it a large bag, replied Ambrose. One of these is Overton's. How can you tell, asked Anna. You know his diet, how he loves citrus fruit. There's his business, the pile with the five orange pips. The sun had set by the time the three reached the center of town. It was the fastest way to Baskerville, which was about 50 miles to the north. At this rate, we won't make it there till next Friday, whined Theo. It was Saturday evening. We'd be making better time if someone didn't have to stop at every bush, tree, 
light pole, and fire hydrant to pee, retorted Overton. We'd be making better time if someone who is grossly overweight could trot instead of waddle, exclaimed Trooper. And if someone didn't have to stop to admire his reflection in every store window. Mon Dieu, is it my fault if I'm enchanted by visions of perfection? replied Max. I'm hungry, said Theo, trying to shift the argument. Everyone agreed they could do with a bite to eat. I know just the place. There's an excellent cafe near here, and they always have delicious things in the takeout garbage pails in the back, offered Max. Lead the way, ordered Overton, his mouth salivating at the thought. Slimesicles began to form on each jowl. Max did indeed lead the way. He stopped when he got to Baker Street and slipped into an alley that ran behind it. The four continued on until they got to 221B, the rear entrance to the cafe. They hid in the shadows as a man came out and dropped a sack into one of several garbage cans. The odor of many different foods, including escargot and strong cheese, wafted toward them. What kind of a cafe is this? whispered Trooper. French, bien sûr, came the reply. It's called Couronne de Beryl. Trooper wrinkled his muzzle, exposing his teeth. Foreign food gave him gas, and that name sounded very foreign. Max crept forward, snagged the sack, and brought it back to his waiting friends. They tore it open. Mavilo, exclaimed Max. It is a feast. Inside were the remains of various foods, the promised escargot and cheeses, but also pâté, a bit of a souffle, some beef bourguignon, a half-eaten veal cassoulet, and pastries. Four hungry muzzles thrust into the pile. When they were done eating, about 30 seconds later, Max turned to his companions, licking his lips. Well, my friends, a real French treat. What was your favorite? Theo and Overton answered immediately, but Trooper held back. What about you, Trooper, mon ami? What did you like best? Max pressed with a glint of spiteful pleasure in his eye. Well, the Napoleons were pretty good. I liked them. Napoleons are a pastry made of alternating layers of flaky pastry and custard, with chocolate drizzled on top. Just the sort of thing that Trooper had a real weakness for, as Max knew. I'm sure you did, so much that you ate every one of the six Napoleons. What? Every single one? said Overton. I'm proud of you, my boy. Overton burped loudly. We'd better get going, interrupted Theo. It's getting late. The four companions, now satisfied after their meal, trotted out of the alley and on through town. Soon the sound of whistles and big machines could be heard. Where are we headed? asked Theo. Some of you complained about how slowly we travel and how delicate your paws are, began Overton, glaring at Theo. So we're going to ride to Baskerville on the train. A few more blocks and they rounded a corner to enter the rail yards. 
A long train of boxcars blocked their path. Perfect, said Overton. According to the shipping schedule, this is the only train headed north at this time of night. It will take us right to Baskerville. Just then, the engine of the train began ringing a bell, and every one of the four detectives began salivating uncontrollably. Trooper was the first to regain control. We just ate, you idiots. The train is about to leave. Sorry, said Theo. Habits are hard to break. There's an open boxcar door up ahead, barked Max. We've got to run for it. Off they shot as the train began moving. By the time they got to the open door of the boxcar, the train was moving rapidly. Theo and Trooper jumped through the opening easily. But Max, the oldest of the four, needed to be dragged in by his collar. Sacre bleu, that was a close thing, Max gasped, trying to regain his breath. He looked around. Where is Overton? Where is the top dog? The three looked around. No Overton. Then they looked out the boxcar door, back along the train. All they could see in the distance were four men, jumping and gesturing. He didn't make it, cried Theo. What will we do? He always makes up the plans and has all the information. Nonsense, Theo. We can do very well without him. True, he had the details of the Baskerville case, knew where the crime took place and how to get there, and had already formulated a plan. You're right, Theo, we can't proceed without him, sighed Trooper. Great dog detective you are, yipped Max. And look, the train is moving too fast to jump off now. Jump off? What has gotten into you, you French cruller? Boomed a deep voice from overhead. Overton, the three barked. Far above them, an open trap door led to the roof of the car. Overton's massive head filled the opening. A slimesicle detached from a pendulous jowl and struck Max square in the eye. How? gasped Trooper. Well, my junior partner in detection, when Max, that pâté de foie de lit, said to run for it, I knew there was no hope. I haven't run since I hit 200 pounds. However, just three cars behind us was a flat car, easy to get into. So while you three ran like greyhounds after a mechanical rabbit, I leisurely stepped aboard, and then, climbing to the roof of the first boxcar, made my way forward. I did make a mistake and stuck my head through the roof of the wrong car. There were some men in there, playing cards and passing around a bottle of something. I must have scared them terribly because they shrieked and jumped out of the already moving train. You might have seen them back there, the dancing men. Regardless, I'm here now. Make a dog pile so I can get down. Once Overton had reached the relatively stable floor of the boxcar, the four friends settled in for the ride to the Baskerville station. The evening passed pleasantly, except for the frequent release of noxious foreign food gas from one silent traveler. And so the four dog friends have found a much better way to get to Baskerville. 
I'm happy about that. I was nervous about the making a 50-mile walk. It seems very far, especially for a tiny dog like Theo. So Max has joined the party. Now, Max is actually a part of the big family as well. Overton's parents, human humans, Overton's humans, the staff, are Ambrose and Anna. Ambrose is my brother. And Anna's parents are actually Max's humans. So does that make Max Overton's uncle, sort of, through the human relationships? I don't know. But I'd like to think so. Well, as fun as it has been getting to know these dogs and their journey... I am ready to find out more about this Baskerville mystery. And I bet you are too. So come back next week for part three. Thanks to William Stair for writing this series of stories for us. And thanks to you for listening to Elderberry Tales. I'll see you next week.